It's time for another episode of the Cultural Hall. It's articles of news for the week of the 1st of May, and just Joni is here. It's just Joni. It's just me. I love that that's how that <laughs> that nickname came about. Yeah, it's just Joni. Uh, there was a show when I was a little kid, and it, like at the end, he's like, believe it or not, it's just me. And like every time we say just Joni, I want to sing that Would you like to do it right little now? bit. No, I and just believe did. it or not. It's fine. It's just me. Just Joni. <laughs> Mormons, we love parody. <laughs> songs. Uh, you celebrating the big birthday over the weekend. Yes. Happy birthday. Sir. Thank Joni. you. Thank you. Uh, what else is new? You want to talk about your party? Yeah. I want to talk about how fun, how much fun I had. Oh, good. At your birthday party. Talk about it. Uh, Joni invited me to come and be the DJ at her, at her, uh, at her birthday party. And uh, at first I sort of envisioned it with like three people in a chapel, you know, <laughs> in a, you know, in a cultural hall. I'm glad in a, that's in what you church. thought I was going to. Well, no. <laughs> no, I know. No, but you no, I know, get right? it. It's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I'm having a party, and it's like, okay. Yeah. Trust me. It, that would be three people would be three people more than ever come to my birthday party, so don't worry Because you don't it. throw birthday parties. Right. Um, <laughs> but then I'm like, it, you know, it's it's pajama glam, which I didn't know what that was until I saw people embody pajama glam. Yeah. So I'll let you explain that. But then it was like, uh, it, it, was, it was cool for me for a couple of reasons. One, you had invited friends from all different times of your life and walks of your life and it was interesting for me to to with your family in particular but also with some of your friends be able to be like that's why Joni is the way that she is that way <laughs> or she is those are definitely her friends that meet with her on this level etc 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 so that was kind of fun for me a little glimpse yeah. yeah your dad and mom are about the cutest so when you get that picture <laughs> back of your mom and dad in front of the uh, the photo wall make sure that we share that at the cold Okay, hall. For sure. They are the cutest I people they, I have ever seen in my life. They are cute. They are really cute. They're uh, they're old and like old people are cute. I, but yeah, they're you, we, they're we, great we, people. I mean, I I adore them. And I so the pajama glam theme was. Um, the idea was twofold. Number one, so everyone's like, how old are you turning? Is this your 40th? And I'm like, no, I'm turning 39. And they're like, right. Oh, 39 again. And yeah. I'm like, no, no, I, I'm i turning 39. I don't believe in like lying about your age. I'm going to wear every year that I earn with pride. But Well, and to be fair, every year, you know, wears on you anyway, right? right. Not you in particular, but everyone, the people that are like, sure. I'm not old. It's like, okay, oldie. Right. I mean, like... Like to me, I don't understand like the the third like not wanting people to know how old you are. That just seems silly to me. But um, I did I did this big party at thirty nine because um, I've always always wanted a big party. And if uh, the last couple of years have taught me anything, it's that you there's no guarantee. Like who knows where I might be at forty? Mm-hmm. I could be dead before forty. I mean, God willing, I will not be. But you just don't know. And and I, I'm a big believer in, like, if you want something to happen in your life, you got to make it happen. So anyway, uh, I'm, I am I feel like I'm finally starting to come back to life a little bit. I would say I'm functioning at maybe, like, 75% of what, like, a normal person functions at. So yeah. I'm able to do most everything I want. And um, it's just a celebration of, like, wow, that sucked, and now I'm sort of coming back to life. And, you know, the, kind of the transition 
transition from wearing pajamas all the time to now let's be a real adult again. But also, like, I've always thought how it would be so great if you could, like, go to a nice event dressed up super nice, but not have to wear, like, pantyhose or high heels or anything like that. So, you so mean, the, like, dudes. <laughs> yeah. So the pajama <laughs> glam uh, idea was from the waist up, you dress like you're going to the red carpet, and from the waist down, you dress like you're lounging in your living room. So it was super fun. I was so happy that people embraced the theme, and my parents embraced the theme, and it was adorable. Again, uh, I hope that you'll get the picture. Just as a side job for people who may be listening for the first time, you talk about the last couple of years being a oh, little right. rough. Just yeah, so um, I started getting just sicker and sicker about five years ago and finally was diagnosed with Lyme disease. And then the treatment for Lyme disease like made everything even worse. And so I spent a couple years doing almost nothing and, and one of those years almost constantly just lying in bed. Mm. So, But I've but been... But not anymore. Yeah, you know, and I'll, I'll never be 100% again. But man, I'm happy for whatever percent. I can get. Talk now. about your book. Uh, so I just recently had my first piece of fiction published. It's a short story. Wait for it. Woot, woot. Woot, woot. Uh, it, and I have another story under contract right now. So woot, woot. Thank Does you. that mean you're getting paid for your stories? Um, <laughs> yes, I have. I so you have, are a professional writer? I am professional. Well. If professional means that. That you're getting paid. <laughs> yeah. That's how I define it. Okay. I am professional. I am a professional singing telegram artist. <laughs> yes, you are. You, you know this. Um, yeah. So it's it's a piece of horror fiction, actually. Um, and it is in a book called The Hunger, a collection of Utah horror. It's available on Amazon and at Barnes & Noble if you would like to check it out. How much did it cost, you know? Uh, $12. Nice. Yeah. And so in true book fashion, you probably get like a nickel of it, right? Oh, no. I got paid a flat fee. Beforehand. And now That's it's cool, done. Though. Yeah. yeah. You have, do you have signed copies that you'll be giving everyone for Mother's Day, Father's Day, and or Christmas? Well, so like, it's interesting. The cover the cover is quite a um, Graphic. explicit. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't want to say explicit. That makes it sound naughty. It's just like these big bloody fangs is what it is. Yeah. And so I've had several people be like, I'm really proud of you. I don't think I want to read that. Mm-hmm. And so then I'm like, don't judge a book by its cover. Come on. How cliche. Yeah. So, uh, but there are some stories in there that I'm like, wow, that is really disturbing. Um, that is Utah horror. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. But um, I'm actually super proud of the piece. It, it has a lot of deep meaning for me. And it's not... I, I mean, like, I let my teenager read it. It's not scary. How it's long, not scary, per se. How long a bit is it? It's like 5,000 words, so that's, that's like 17 pages in the book. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, published? Woot, woot. Woot, woot. Woot, Working woot. on that. Working uh, on that And then you got another heart. thing in works? Uh-huh. Kay. Yeah, it's going to come out in August. Okay. And so you'll make sure and tell us about it? Mm-hmm. So people, will it be uh, with a fangy, bloody... It horror? will not. Okay. It's, it is part of a collection um, about the Zodiac, and so all the stories have something to do with the month of the zodiac. Interesting. Can yeah. you tell us what month it is? April. Well, it's Taurus. You're so Taurus, that's okay. part of April and May. Okay. It doesn't have to be the one you are personally, but that is the one I am personally. So. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. That'll uh, be fun to hear about uh, and, and check 
check it's, that uh, out. It's about a bull semen salesman. I'm just gonna okay. I'm just gonna put that out there All right. right there. Hallelujah! It's fiction. That's right. Well, uh, it was cool. We didn't mention this before, but uh, cool to see um, seaweed, the hargroder. That's right. The hargroder. She came out. To I the got party. to meet her. It was nice. What'd you think? She's lovely. Right. More shy than I was anticipating. Yeah. I guess, but she's a lovely lady. Yeah, and nice, which I yeah, like. Yeah, really I'll take nice. That. Uh, I said, I said, it's nice to see um, somebody thinking Richie's normal, and she's like, oh, he's not normal. <laughs> she's very. I'm like, funny. okay, what I mean is, it's nice to see someone being okay <laughs> with Richie's not normalness. She's like, yeah. Uh, and also, Janae Manite came out. Yeah, uh, brother I'm surprised Kyle. She didn't bake a cake for you, though. To be truthful, and bring it to the party. It's okay. We have. I'm inundated with sweets right now. Yeah, that so. cake was really good. Good. And then Brother Kyle came too. Yeah, it was so nice, I and he dressed Kyle up the so floor. good. I know. I asked him what his deal was, but and that's not his thing. No. He told me if I played some OMD for him that he would. Or like Depeche Mode, but I was like, yeah, there's lots of Depeche Mode you just don't dance to. He's like, exactly. <laughs> I'll come out and be come out and nod his head a little moody. bit. Yeah. Uh, it meant a lot to me though that that people came to support me. It was really lovely. Yeah, it was so fun. And then playing music and dancing, and it, it isn't often at uh, at parties that I DJ where I get to play Convoy and everyone gets excited. <laughs> yeah, that's my brother. <laughs> yeah, I, like, I trust I, me. I'm like, listen, that's fine. I'll I'll play with. Is I'll that what, C.W. McCall? Yeah. Yeah. We used to listen to that on 8-track all the time when I was a little kid. That and Grease were like the two oh, that yeah. we listened to all the time. So you got the 40th remaster. You got to buy it for the family. Well, man. I don't care that much about oh. C.W. McCall, but my brothers really like it. Yeah. So. God, boy. <laughs> but as soon as I heard it, I'm like, where's Royce? Yeah. He requested that. I there, know that. There is no doubt. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything that's new um, for me. You know, over the weekend, I had the opportunity to uh, MC the Utah Food Bank. If you listen to the Cultural Hall, you know that we've been playing the ads for the Utah Food Bank. And um, we just have been putting that in uh, because the food bank is a thing that I believe in. When I was in college, I got to help, um, like, stock the food bank that was the Iron County Care and Share down in Cedar City. And, it, you know, the truck was supplied by the food from the food bank. And everyone thinks, you know, there's always people in need or I, you know, I always feel like I'm giving or, you know, you think about, I wanted to go work at the food bank in November and December, but it is a it is a ginormous um, production that they do here at the Utah Food Bank, and it is um, it is the modeling principle for a, a lot of food banks across the nation. A lot of that has to do with the LDS Church and the welfare system kind of working along with it, but it is such a tremendous organization um, to be a part of and and to know. I mean, maybe you're like me; you're a little cynical uh, whenever you donate money. You're like, I hope that money's really going to where I think it's going. Right. That I'm not just paying administrative fees for someone who's a quote unquote nonprofit who really is, you know, this is paying for their business car or something right. like that. But knowing that it's helping, um, that it's helping people. And then further, you know, kind of discussing that uh, with people, it's like, you know, people have to have food as they make their progression spiritually, right? Mm -hmm. Like if they're worrying about, you know, what they're going to be, their, their next meal is like they, that, the hierarchy that, that of needs. Yeah. 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 The tracks from their, exactly. The tracks from their ability to be able to focus on, right. you know, doing good for other people or just doing good for themselves. And, and so uh, it was really neat. I, uh, I made the poor choice. It was a great outdoors theme. 
I made the poor choice of wearing a flannel shirt on an 85-degree day in Utah. And then uh, even more poor because, uh, you know, I'd been up late partying the night before with you mm-hmm. and up early that morning doing a race. I uh, had showered, fallen asleep, and didn't wake up in time to do something with my hair. So I had, <laughs> as I have now, uh, or as someone liked to call it this morning uh, when I was talking to him, they call it uh, bed chic. Nice. Okay. That's what, instead of bedhead anymore, it's called bed chic or sleep it's just to make people chic. feel better for yeah. looking like scrounges. I put on one of those uh, outdoorsy caps, so I fit the theme. That's how I felt like I could get away with it, but with the floppy dog ears, uh-huh. <laughs> and it was so hot. Oh, my between gosh. the flannel and that and that hat, I should may, have made tons better choices well, than I did and, that day. Well, and you were dressed like a, a unicorn at my party, which yeah. was great, but like I was dying of heat. I, I'm not kidding that I have not sweat that much in over two years. I'm still in recovery mode. <laughs> I would like, <laughs> I pushed every ounce of energy I had into that party, but like you would get up and teach us some dances and I'm like, oh my God. I do not want to be the laundress of that unicorn onesie because that is gross. It was so sweaty and gross. So sweaty and gross. But it was lovely. Ugh, so sweaty. And by the way, you're always making posts about how you don't like this haircut, but I like it. Do you? I do. Thanks. I think that, I think, I mean, I always like shorter hair anyway, Mm -hmm. but if you want to have your long hair personality, this is the way to do it. Okay. You think so, huh? Yeah. Well, thank you. Because it's very flattering, but you still can like, you know, be a little... Be a little crazy with it. Be a little it. crazy if you want. Uh, I also appreciated, I was just to go back to your party, then we'll take a break and do some actual articles of news. I appreciated the no kids part of your party. Yeah. Uh, because I think it's so fun to be able to just... And here's the thing that made me think of it. Um, the, the fact that it was adults being stupid, I don't feel like you get that when kids are around. Right. That was the whole... I mean, that that was like but the basis would, but, from but, the very but, beginning. But some would read your invitation be like she hates kids or she doesn't want to deal no, with kids no, or anything no, like no. that. They know that's not. But, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Like I read into that sometimes. I'm like, no, oh, that person hates kids. But <laughs> like really, you, it's because you hate kids. Oh, that's why. That's why. <laughs> that's because I hate kids. It's because when I put on my invitations, it's because I don't like them. Uh, but to see grown men, I don't know what the guy's name is with the uh, that won the overall costume. Oh, I can't remember. Mike. But that guy was all over the place, and I loved it. Yeah. I absolutely. Absolutely loved just adults being stupid. I know. I that that's what I wanted because I, when I said don't bring your kids, it wasn't because I, I don't like kids, but it's because I don't want anyone to have to be mom or dad while they're at the party. Mm-hmm. I want them to just like let loose and just like be the person they don't ever get to be and just you know dance to some blister in the sun, man. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Let's take a break. We'll come back in the second half and do actual articles of news. Imagine running a small business today. It's challenging. Imaging and internet presence is an absolute must. Even with that, you're still a small star in a bright cyber universe. Now, imagine you have someone who understands how to get your site designed for your talents and then easily searched by potential clients. Imagine Lennon Design. Whether it's strictly a website or a whole package of logo creation, advertising media, and promotional materials, Lennon Design is your partner in business. They'll test the boundaries of their imagination to create something unique for you. 
When you need creative, affordable design, let it be Lennon Design. Call 801-699-3022 or visit LennonDesign.com. Hi, friends. Dan the Laptop Man here from PC Laptops. I get a lot of emails from people all the time. Here's one. Dear Dan, I hear your talk about a lifetime service guarantee. Free? Really? Please help me avoid all your fine print and be honest about what free means. You understand that we should be very wary of a free offer signed skeptical. Hi, skeptical. I remember 22 years ago when we started PC laptops and our lifetime service guarantee, people thought it was too good to be true. Well, you know, after a decade, people started believing me a little bit. But you know, it's been 22 years of having the privilege to serve our friends and neighbors like you. Our lifetime service guarantee has become the most trusted warranty in the industry. You can get a brand new PC Laptops desktop computer for $7.99 with a lifetime warranty. Check us out at PCLaptops.com. That's PCLaptops.com. Here's to seeing you soon, skeptical. The Cultural Hall wants you to help Utah Food Bank fight hunger statewide. Through your donations of food, time, or money, Utah Food Bank is able to distribute over 31 million meals annually to Utahns facing hunger. Even a $1 donation can be turned into $7.35 of goods and services. One in five children in Utah could go to bed hungry tonight, and 423,000 Utahns are unsure where their next meal will come from. By donating food at your local pantry or by visiting utahfoodbank.org, you can make a difference. It's time for the second half of Articles of News, wherein we do actual Articles of News. Hit it, Peter. You can't lose Articles of News. And this email uh, is from Benji, and I don't think I've read this yet. It says, being almost a lifer, I wanted to say that I really enjoy your show. Enjoy, uh, enjoy the goings-on of everyone. I think it's very interesting, and your voices are relaxing as I listen and go about my day. I live in Texas, and it's far removed from Utah and main church events. Then he says a personal note to me, Richie. He says, it can't be easy pursuing this for seven years, but your diligence and passion is evident and appreciated. How nice. Mm. Uh, he says he feels like he's a welcome part of the cultural hall because of the selected articles and news. Thank you for all that all of you do, Benji. Cool. So, Benji, wherever you're down in Texas, meet the wilds of Texas. Maybe you already know them, and that's how you found the cultural hall. Uh, but that's a great family down there. I yeah. loved listening to the uh, the family from England that was here. Weren't they great? Like, I, I don't know. I forget that we, you can like find us anywhere. I'm like, someone from England listens to us, but then... Yeah. And and there's yeah. a huge group of those folks. Hey, England. Yeah, hi, hi from just Joni. <laughs> and Texas. Hello. Those are the two biggest places. Yeah. Texas and England. We're huge there. I don't understand it. <laughs> England and Texas. I could have sit, sat and listened. And for those that don't know, we're talking about last week's articles of news. Uh, I could have sat and listened to their I accents know. for like, hours. I wonder if they're just annoyed by it. Like, yes, yes I talk. It's This is my voice. But it is lovely. Yeah. I'm way into like British television. Television and stuff sure. too, so I just I love it. So occasionally, hotty haws your husband, and you know like, what I'm doing for Hello my sweet <laughs> and you'll be like, "Ooh, a flutter my heart." Cheerio! Yeah. Um, <laughs> for my 40th birthday, uh-huh. England. Are you really? Yeah. Good for you. Yeah. Good for you. Maybe I'll be over there. Okay. Okay. Done. Cool. Uh, let's get into some actual articles of news now. You saw this: the woman who took second place in the uh, Boston Marathon. Yeah. Mormon. Good for her. She had gone to the. Uh, Weber State uh, University up in Ogden, which is northern-ish Utah. Um, she, uh, it was only like her third race. 
Really? Which is, yeah, which is pretty remarkable. She has not done a bunch of these. Um, and uh, her time was two hours and 44 minutes and four seconds, which put her among the seven American women who placed in the top 10. So seven of 10 is American. Uh, Desiree Linden, the one who won first, was the first American woman. Usually it's typically you know, women right. from somewhere else mm-hmm. uh, that will win it. And, and she just talks about how it was you know, her faith to continue to, to persist and, and, and keep pushing. And she plans to do more. But one Amazing. of our own, that Sister Sellers. blows my mind that people can run that fast. That's your 41st birthday, Joni. No, it is not. <laughs> I'll get a time of three days and four minutes. Hey, so long as you do it. It's like the Brother Kyle And I'll mission. be in, in my car. <laughs> Done. Listen, however you need to do it, it doesn't matter. Uh, a couple quick things. Uh, we reported this on Friday. Uh, up in Idaho, uh, 83-year-old, 83-year-old Max Richards and 80-year-old Phyllis Richards they died in a car crash. Um, they apparently hit um, four Mormon missionaries. Oh, this is up in Preston, yeah, Idaho. So they pulled out in front of them. The the older folks who pulled out in front of them, they actually um, they died. But the four missionaries are all safe uh, and and obviously accounted for. One was transferred to the hospital in Pocatello, and it is the Utah Logan Mission that services Preston, Idaho. Mm-hmm. But the, all the missionaries were okay, unfortunately. Um, L. Max Richards and Phyllis Richards both died at the scene. So that was all over the place. Um, people coming at the church for this, and I, I guess I see it. Um, Salt Lake City is looking to spend $27 million to rebuild the roads, repair the walls, and make upper, uh, make other upgrades to the uh, Salt Lake City Cemetery. You ever been up there before? Mm-hmm. Um, Twelve of the 16 past presidents of the church are up there, and that's why the church is offering some money into it. But it is a gorgeous Next to like uh, seeing the Salt Lake Temple and heading up in one of the canyons, if you're going to be in Northern Utah, I think this city cemetery is one of the things you've got to see. Really? Like I I had never even thought about doing that. We did that for a young women's activity once mm-hmm. when I was a leader. Um, I just didn't even think about like, oh, let's go see some where the some of the prophets are buried. But some of the monuments are like really, and the views are amazing. Mm-hmm. It's a really cool place. And, it, and it's not like other cemeteries that you see in the state of Utah. So I can only speak to, I've only really seen the cemeteries in Utah. Sorry, everyone that is, you know, in England and Texas. Um, but, you know, most of the time they're just the in the ground sort of flat stones, but the city cemetery is where you can have, like you said, the big kind of spacious monuments and stuff like mm-hmm. that. I guess that's not true. I went to a graveyard in New Orleans once where they have all the mausoleums. Oh, I man. thought that was awesome. I mean, but that's, that's like <clears throat> a culture in and of itself is yeah. that like people go to New Orleans just to go. Nolans, uh, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> New Orleans. Orleans. <laughs> it's New Orleans. Uh, the LDS Church said on Sunday that it has temporarily reassigned volunteers serving in Turkey uh, due to a prolonged period of heightened political tension. 20 men, four women, and five senior couples will shift to other regions in Europe. According to a church news release, four other volunteers or missionaries nearing the end of their service will just come home early. Hmm. Uh, the safety of our volunteers is a primary concern for the church, and we work diligently to monitor conditions and make adjustments as needed in an effort to promote their safety. Um, The church last pulled volunteers from Turkey in July of 2016 and citing unstable conditions, including a violent attempted coup uh, against Erdogan that was in the country. According to the Mormon newsroom, the church in Turkey includes 547 Latter-day Saints among eight congregations. So 
There's that. Just a lot of, like I say, sort of quick news in here. Mm-hmm. Um, where do we want to go next? Let's go here. You like a list? Everyone loves lists. How about two lists? You like two lists? Everyone loves two lists. How about three lists? That's a lot of lists. I know. That's a list of lists. Yeah. It's like an inception of lists <laughs> yeah. right now. Uh, I'll blow through these real quick. You can find all the links to all these stories at theculturalhall.com uh, in association with this episode in the duh file. This is another time. And I love that different places do this. The five actors who became Mormon. So who are they? The five. The five. Five famous actors who became Mormon. I, I think I saw this and like... The, some of them are kind of not very well known. There's right. Like, and Gladys Knight, is she on there? Yep, she's she, number one. Is she considered an actress? Well, she was... Uh, she's been on a show once. She received a Golden Globe nomination oh, for did a she? Best Acting Debut in a Motion Picture. Oh, see, I and don't so know she's everything. Done, she's done some other stuff, too. She's in a Tyler Perry film, but who she hasn't is? been? Yeah. <laughs> I haven't. She also was on... Well, you're not You're not African-American. You're, it's true. Uh, I also haven't off. been any, in any films with white people in it. So. <laughs> to be fair, I've never been in a film, let alone a Tyler Perry film. She was in The Jeffersons, A Different World, Benson, okay. Living Single, The Jamie Foxx Show, and New York Undercover. Do not limit Gladys Knight. I, I am learning. Uh, there was about, someone else that's like super old that I'd never heard of. Yeah, and that's the other. That's where I'm getting to. Billy Barty. Yeah, I don't know who Willow. that is. He's one of the little people oh, in uh, okay. Willow. Right. He's also, if you've ever seen UHF, the movie with uh-huh, Weird Al, uh-huh, uh-huh. The Cameraman. Yeah. That's Billy Barty, okay. Mormon. Is, the, is Ricky Schroeder really yes, Mormon? Yes, Ricky okay, Schroeder's on, on the list. Gordon Jump. Those are the two maybe, maybe obvious people. Who's uh, Gordon but, Jump? Gordon Jump got to start with Nathan Hale and Ruth Hale. You know, the Hales the of Hale Center uh-huh, Theater. Uh-huh. Uh, the Hales' son-in-law, Alan Dietline, gave Jump a copy of A Marvelous Work in the Wonder. That's how he came to be in the, the church. His most popular roles include the clueless radio station manager on WKRP in Cincinnati. Okay. He was also chief of police tinkler in the sitcom <laughs> Soap. And he was the lonely Maytag repairman in Maytag brand commercials. Oh, okay. That's how I know him. Yeah, Just say man. the Maytag man. Uh, but Dean Jagger is the one on this that I was like, what? Uh, he was in White Christmas. He was uh, in a film called Brigham Young Frontiersman. Uh, he was also in a movie called 12 O'Clock High, for which he won an Academy Award for Best Supporting Actor. So is this an indication of just how few people convert to the Mormon church in show business, that yeah. these were the five? <laughs> yes, because the list of you know people who were Mormon but aren't anymore, much longer. Yes. Uh, how about this list? Ten crucial questions that every Mormon should ask their fiance before marriage. I didn't even look at it. Yeah. I felt like it was going to make me mad. Well, here's an interesting thing. I shared this in people on our Facebook page because I share most of these articles before we actually do sure. them here on Articles of News to kind of get a tone and uh, if people are going to be interested in them, some of that stuff. Um, people are like, how about like it was full of snark. But the side thing that was so interesting. So my girlfriend, who, as we mentioned earlier, not member of the church but comes to church with me. Two different people yesterday congratulated us on getting engaged. We're not engaged. We have not, <laughs> but there were two different people. They're like, oh, we had heard that you were. And I was like, I don't I don't know why that got spread around. Rumor has it. <laughs> uh, here's your 10 questions if you're for, let me make sure I get the preface right. Every Mormon should ask their fiance before marriage. Okay. Number one, how did your family deal with arguments? Fair. Two, will we have children? How many and when would you like to have these children? Fair? You're on board so far? Yeah, yeah. Number three, will experiences with past relationships help or hinder your current relationship? Both. 
Number four, how devoted are you to your faith? Okay, we're starting to... I was wondering when it was going to turn Mormony. Uh, number five, how much debt are you in? <laughs> so one of the other things I love about these lists are we throw Mormon in so we can throw it into the, <laughs> into the like, uh, you know, the Mormon news stuff, sure. right? It could also be a person to another person <laughs> right. who you might get engaged to, but whatever, it doesn't matter. Uh, how much debt are you in is number five. What hobbies do you have that you prefer to do alone? Number six. Number seven, how do you show that you love me? Do you like the ways that I show I love you? Sure, love languages, mm -hmm. all good still, I think. Uh, number eight, what do you admire about me and what are your pet peeves? Yikes. Okay, so That's that, a can of worms. I mean, a little bit, right? I think I think a respectful discussion around that can be okay. I would I would definitely phrase it differently. Yeah. I wouldn't be like, what about me bugs you? Yeah. Tell me. Lay it out. And I won't be sensitive to it. <laughs> uh, number nine, how much time do we want to spend with each other's family? Mm, that's a good one. Yeah, and, and one that you have to be honest and realistic about because... I can tell you uh, from a personal experience that even if the discussion is had, the perception of how much time will be spent with family, uh, if you don't have that op open and committed to discussion to how much you're going to really spend, different people have different expectations. It's for true. For sure. It's true. Uh, and then the last one, where do you see us in 10 years? This is not Mormony no. at all. No. But here's the thing that I thought was interesting, and people pointed that out on the Facebook page as well, which is, how about sex? Are you going to talk about sex <laughs> at all like even if you just even if you just are like you know being intimate like even if you just like take on the topic from a how do you feel about being intimate sort of way that is a discussion to be had for sure before you get married and, and it's I think like, it does a little bit of a dis I mean that does seem like a glaring omission I think that uh, you know when when I was engaged we were given the book between husband and wife and that was, we were told to read it separately, mm -hmm. and then we weren't supposed to talk about stuff because we didn't want to get any ideas in our minds before we went to the temple, but um, I feel like if you can't even have a mature discussion about it beforehand, if it seems weird and taboo, there's not a switch that flips when you go through the temple where you're like, and now I feel completely comfortable with it, and it doesn't feel weird or taboo at all. Right. So then you go into this relationship like I feel weird and taboo taboo about this thing that now we're supposed to do and love and enjoy and supposed to be the most sacred thing we do mm -hmm. it can be an issue yeah a huge issue yeah too especially if you have different perspectives of it and now you're totally. married and then you go I didn't I didn't think this was going to be this way totally. and now you're telling me it's just this way and it's like don't try and change me and it's like well I'm not trying to change but what are we how does this hmm I wish we would have talked yeah. about this before <laughs> we got married not that I think it should be like a deal breaker. No. But I think But sex is an important part. It totally is and it should not be it should not be something if it's something that you plan on doing with something eventually someone eventually it shouldn't be something you're scared to talk about. Yeah, in the same way in the same way and almost of the same importance go ahead and come at me if you'd like but uh, almost to the same importance of, you know, being married in the temple and your church activity and you know what your plans as far as that goes. It should be that important. Sure. Okay. Good. Can we get off this soapbox? Yes. I'm starting to get a little dizzy up here. <laughs> Uh, this was cool and just worth a mention. Fred M. Paulson Jr., he's 80 years old. 
He's from Taylorsville, Utah, and he just finally got his Bachelor of Science in Mathematics from BYU. His mom said that she always wanted uh, her sons to go on missions and to get an education. And now Fred, this last Friday, he walked, got his name called, and he got his degree in mathematics. Just about 60 years old, later than most of his peers, he said, but he wanted it. He says, I started it, and I wanted to finish it. He turned 80 this last October, and he is the oldest student to graduate from BYU this season. In contrast, what do you think the average age of the graduate from BYU is? With a bachelor's? With a bachelor's. 24. 24.8. Good work. He started attending BYU in 1955. He was pursuing a degree in chemical engineering. He left to go on his mission. Then he joined the National Guard. Then he met his wife. A few short uh, credits, a few credits shorts of a degree, and then dropped out to support his family. Then he had his knee replaced. Then he started attending classes again because he's like, you know what? I don't know how much longer I'm going to do this. He's like, I don't want to throw a pajama glam party, so I guess I have to get my degree. That's right. If you want something to happen, you make it happen. That's right. Way to go, Fred. You, you might get a DJ in a unicorn costume. You if, may. I'm going to Fred's house lucky. later in my unicorn costume, cool. singing Telegram, because yeah, yeah. I'm a professional. <laughs> uh, and then this could not be more more different, so no segue to this next story. The headline, The Case of the Fallen Mission President. Have you read into oh, this, this at all? this makes me so sad. I the, the obvious joke is the name. The guy's first name is Philander. It is? Yes. I missed that bit. Philander Knox Smart is his name. Oh, my goodness. Who names their kid Philander? I, well, you go by Phil for short, but right? But still. <laughs> uh, he arrived in Puerto Rico in July 1st, 2013 as an energetic 43-year-old and expected to preside over Mormon missionaries serving in that collection of island for three years. Ten months later, however, Smart was dismissed as mission president and booted from the church for an unspecified misconduct with multiple young female missionaries. The victims, all older than 18, chose not to pursue criminal charges, said Eric Hawkins, the uh, LDS church spokesman. Um, the Utah faith base, uh, Utah-based faith provided ecclesiastical and emotional counseling to the sister missionaries who had been deceived and were victimized. Hawkins noted uh, that no police report was requested by the victims, but added that without question, these actions were reprehensible, immoral, and against the laws of God and the standard of the church. This, of course, comes in the light of the Mormon Me Too movement, when the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, as well as other religious institutions, are facing increased scrutiny for their response to reports of clergy misdeeds. Smart, Smart rather, was a wealthy Alabama lawyer developer. Assigned, uh, He assigned several female pairs to isolated islands far from other missionaries, and then he began to by uh, clothes and jewelry for some of the women. He flew them from place to place in his private plane um, and uh, and was was inappropriate. That in and of itself was inappropriate. Um, Smart's treatment of the female proselytizers in his care was exposed when one sister missionary took the unusual step of phoning her stake president on the U.S. mainland, said, hey, this is going on. And the uh, stake president said, no. Nope. And the church said, okay, this is done. Within days, General Authority Craig Zwick, then he was a member of the Faith 70, was dispatched to Puerto Rico to take over the mission. And uh, President Smart was dishonors, dishonorably released from his position, sent home, and excommunicated. Uh, he was contacted to try and talk about the uh, 
the story and would not respond. Yeah. I think that um, with all the stuff that's been happening in the last year, there was the Me Too movement, and then there was kind of the Me Too within the church movement that's Mm -hmm. kind of been happening. And I've been amazed at how many people think there's not a problem. Yeah. Oh, no, that's not us. That doesn't that doesn't happen, you know, or the issue issue with, you know, having having our youth one on one with a bishopric member in a closed room. And people are like, that's not a problem that there's never been a problem. And I'm like, oh, but there has been. And then you've got a story like this where it happened, but none of the women pressed charges. They Mm -hmm. didn't report it. They didn't want because that's what we're kind of taught to do. Like, let's just sweep this under the rug. Yeah, that's a a whole separate part of that article. The the fact that none of the women press criminal charges or that, you know, there anything with that. Anyway, I I don't want to say that it's like a big rampant problem, but like the fact that things are coming to light just reiterates the idea that we've said a hundred times on the air that just because someone is Mormon or just because someone is a church leader doesn't mean that you can like carte blanche trust them with anything. You got to use your own brain and be like, hey, this financial thing or, you know, inappropriate thing just doesn't feel right. And I don't think I'm going to let that happen. Trust people with your eyes open. Yeah. Anyway. But yeah, when you've got the church spokesperson being like, and it was bad. You're like, okay, it was bad. No, it was bad. And, And kudos to the church for seemingly taking care of it pretty quick. Yeah. Right? This is going on? No, it's not. Totally. He's out. Days. You're out. Um, oof. I don't know that I... Okay, we'll go here. A couple who recently moved from Switzerland to Utah planned a murder-suicide that left their family of four dead, buying sleeping pills and researching shootings, according to a police report on the investigation into the deaths that were released. Now, this happened. The family was found dead in November of 2017. We reported it here in the Cultural Hall. Mm -hmm. It was in Mapleton, Utah, which is south of Provo in Utah County. An autopsy found that Jessica Smith was healthy before she died. Now, it's interesting because Jessica, age 43, believed that she had a terminal disease. Or at least told everyone that she did. Exactly. Um, But she had sent a text message to her husband that talked about a, quote, good time to leave so they would be together to, quote, love for all eternity. So um, police suspect that the couple put sleeping pills in the hot chocolate that the mother and the children drank uh, after the family ate fondue and then played card games. Uh, Timothy Griffith then used a pistol to, a pistol rather, to shoot his sedated wife, his uh, daughter, the five-year-old son, along with the German shepherd before killing himself. So just a tragic, tragic um, story that sort of weaves into faith, right? Right, because they're doing it to be together forever. Like, they, yeah. that's what they think. And and I just... There's got to be uh, th- some mm, neurosis involved in that, you know, just an altered perception of reality or something. I just can't even fathom it. Um, so the thing that is just fascinating to me uh, more about this, his second wife, that is Timothy's second wife, Jessica, and her daughter, Samantha, they were Swiss. Jeff, Jessica Griffith had taught her, cut her ties, I don't know why I'm doing that with words today, with her Swiss relatives after saying that she was abused as a child, though her family denies that. Friends told police that Timothy Griffith also had had rough childhood experiences. The two married uh, and uh, his children from his first marriage 
marriage became distant from him because he was violent with his ex-wife. So mm. just a, a tragic story. And wh- whether there's mental illness that's part of it or um, some sort of abuse. Trauma. Trauma. Yeah. Almost it seems like some sort of kind of brainwashing, right? When you start to cut yourself off from anyone else who could tell you differently. It's a, it is a sad and terrible story. Um, just anyway, tragic. And not the last story we're going to share today. Uh, I don't know where we're going to get out of that one from here. Uh, The Mormon Temple, that is the Washington, D.C. Temple, Mm -hmm. closed. Two years. Can't get in that thing for two years. Doing renovations. Uh, They just recently opened up the uh, Jordan River Temple. Well, opened it up for uh, open house, and now it's closed again for the brief little respite before it gets rededicated. Um, But they took the escalators out of that, which was awesome. Yeah. Uh, I loved the escalators. But they were a danger <laughs> to everyone yeah. <laughs> and everything, both from temple clothing and just old people. Right. Like yeah. you get to the top and it's like, oh, another one on the top of the escalator. <laughs> um, the Washington, D.C. temple will get uh, rededicated. So there'll, the thing that I think is amazing about it is that there will be the opportunity for the uh, the re-grand, not rededication, but I'm thinking the rededication, why can't I think of, open house. Oh. It'll be another open house for the Washington, D.C. temple. Which will be huge yeah, for it DC. Will. Um, it was originally it's a big temple, and it was originally built in '74 when the uh, the prominence of, of Mormon folks. I mean, that's before the priesthood ban was lifted. That's mm-hmm. before a lot of things. And so now, what will almost be 50 years later to have uh, folks from the community be able to go out and see that, and especially where we now have prominent members uh, of the church within the Senate and Congress mm-hmm. to be able to be like, "Hey, come with me." I think that's going to be huge. Yeah, huge, huge, huge. So there's that. Uh, the new website for old missionaries—they like to be called senior missionaries, not old missionaries—but <laughs> seniormissionary.lds.org. Uh, it lists all the different uh, senior missionaries and and volunteer opportunities within the church. Um, and there are thousands serving with the need for thousands more. So people can check that out. I always like to give my dad a hard time and be like, why don't you just sell this place and go on a mission? And he's like, I'm tempted. If you don't move out of here pretty soon, I am tempted. My parents were talked, basically told by their state president, we expect you to go on a mission. And Did, did they? And they did. They, nice. they uh, you know, my mom had had some health issues and they just didn't know how they were going to leave their house and had never really... I don't think they had considered it really seriously. Mm-hmm. And basically their state president was like, you will be going. I'm waiting for your papers. Where'd they go? They went to Palmyra. Cool. It was really cool. Well, and it's such an interesting thing. So we had a linger longer, because my word still does those, even though it's not a singles ward yesterday, for um, a, a couple of senior missionaries that are in my ward. And they're from Kaysville, which is just a suburb, of, you know, up essentially of Salt Lake, about 20 minutes north of Salt Lake. Um, so they live up there in their house, but mm-hmm. they serve full time down here in the in the city of Salt Lake, in in my ward specifically. And they would just go visit and administer to the, some of the older people, find families that would come, and that was it. There just are assigned lots to my ward. of it was awesome. Yeah, there are lots of service opportunities where you can just stay living at your house. Mm-hmm. Family history stuff. I know you can mm-hmm. just be doing that within the walls of your own home. Yeah, a um, couple in my ward. They were assigned to help with all the Spanish speaking. I think. 
think it was in a specific area in Salt Lake, but um, they didn't speak Spanish, and they still got called to do really? that. Really? Yeah. Did they learn Spanish? I, I, they learned some. <laughs> un, un poquito. <laughs> Which means a little. Uh, I don't know where I want to end here. Do uh, you have anything happy or funny? or? Um, nope. Okay. <laughs> Come on, Mormons. Uh, we can, we'll do this one because I know that it has a, uh, a it's a positive look at everything, right? That, but though the title would have you read more because it, the, the uh, headline is Four Ways Mormons Get the Priesthood Completely Wrong. Oh, good. I love to be told how I'm being wrong. But but I think that it's a valuable lesson. So that's sure. where I'm going to take away from this, okay. right? Not you, you guys are wrong. Um, number one, we only ask for a priesthood blessing when all else fails. So like a last resort, right? Like sure. I've been to the doctor, but I'm not getting any better. Well, I guess God can help me now. And, and maybe, you know, not sarcastically or whatever. That is sort of a way that we do it wrong. I, it's interesting. That's actually an area where uh, I would be interested in knowing people's attitudes about it because I have known people who, to me, it seems like they ask for blessings for any willy-nilly thing. And I'm like, okay, but like maybe we save that for something a little more special or whatever. But then I'm like, should I be just being like, can I get a priesthood blessing about this? I'm feeling anxious today. I have anxiety. Mm-hmm. Will you give me a priesthood blessing? Or if it is something that it's like, this is this is sacred and solemn and like you're calling upon the power of God, don't abuse it. You know, right. like I don't... I don't, I, I don't know what the appropriate use, I mean, frequency, I don't know. Oh. People can get in touch with us, contact at theculturalhall.com if they want to send a message. Uh, for me, I think it's probably in the middle, right? Like if you're going, oh, achoo, uh, can I get a blessing, right? I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. So that's where I think that you could you could do it. But, but uh, conversely, I think when it's like, you know, you're on your deathbed, I remember, I think I've told the story here in the cultural hall um, about... Uh, uh, and there was a missionary who was having um, blood would come out of his body when he'd go to the bathroom mm-hmm. in a seated position. Okay. And, um, <laughs> and he had received a blessing before and then gone to the doctor and the doctor didn't find anything and it, it had got increasingly worse. And so um, the thought was, hey, we'll give you a blessing before we take you to the hospital because you clearly need to go to the hospital. And he's like, no, I need him to find out what's wrong with me. I don't need a blessing so that I'm going to be better all of a sudden, you know. So his faith, w- his faith was in that it could heal, but he, to the point that he didn't, he didn't want the blessing, right? Interesting. Like, I think, I think we do it within, um, I don't know that there is a right answer, right? Because what is moderation, sure, right? Sure, I know. But, but I know that in my own life, we usually only do blessings for, like, pretty major stuff. Right. I mean, like, so growing up, the thing for me was, like, if I felt really bad and it had continued for a couple of days, blessing, going to school for day of school yeah, morning we do that. up. Yeah. We always did that. Uh, and then like I can remember kind of instances like um like uh, trying to figure out where to go to college. Like if I had a big life decision and felt like my prayers weren't necessarily being answered, if I should go on a mission, I remember that. Uh, as I was dealing with some issues of being uh, excommunicated, not necessarily depression, but just sort of a life frustration. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can remember a couple times just reaching out. Those were probably uh, the times where I didn't fall into like a special life event where I just was like, I'm not, I don't feel like this is breaking through and I need a little bit more. But I think, I think um, you know, the blessings... Uh, 
uh, sprinkled with, uh, you know, really fervent prayer, I guess that would be the, the moderation to me. Yeah. Well, and I think a lot of it has to do with kind of uh, the culture of your family. Um, if a parent sees a child and says, you seem to be struggling, would you like a blessing? Mm -hmm. Then that's going to happen a lot more than if we're just waiting for people to ask. So, you know, like I know that in my family growing up, we didn't do a lot of blessings. I did call my dad on the night that my husband broke up with me while we were dating because I was sure I was going to marry this guy. And then he broke up with me. And I thought I was I, I, I thought my heart was going to like literally kill me. Mm -hmm. Like it was so I called him up at like one in the morning. Like you have to come. It's like a, you know, 20 minute drive. Give me a blessing. But but it worked. Uh, I guess, yeah. you know, I, he didn't say, I bless you that he's going to come back and you're sure. going to get married. But, um, but you know, my husband kind of has, I think he learned from his dad kind of the appropriate times that we do blessings. I don't <laughs> think it, we always just think like, this seems like a rough thing. Let's do a blessing. Yeah. Uh, they think that miracles are only performed by the priesthood. So let me read a little bit this. One of the most vicious lies that Satan teaches about the priesthood is that miracles are performed only by the priesthood. This lie is so dangerous because miracles are performed by faith. Even Jesus Christ told those he healed, thy faith hath made thee whole. And whereas Latter-day Saints have the corner on priesthood authority, we do not have the corner on faith. There are many righteous people of all denominations who have the faith necessary to produce miracles. And there are lots of women who have the faith necessary to yeah. produce miracles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like many righteous people of all mm -hmm. denominations. Yeah. Lots of people. Yeah. Very gender non-specified. Uh, we refer to the holders of the priesthood as the priesthood. Yeah. That was a big thing in general conference. Right. Um, but says within the priesthood, there are a few key terms that must be understood. And first and foremost is that the men in the church are not the priesthood, but merely holders of it. I won't elaborate. There was a great talk in general conference about that. Do you remember who that was? It was in the priesthood session, I think, because oh, I didn't hear it. Uh, and then this, um, we, and this, by the way, the list that we're doing is four ways Mormons get the priesthood completely wrong. Right. We don't talk about the patriarchal order of the priesthood. Within the Melchizedek priesthood, the highest order is called the patriarchal order, Unlike offices that are men or that men are ordained to, ordained to, this patriarchal order of the priesthood is not entered into via conferral and ordination. The patriarchal order of the priesthood is entered into during the sealing ordinance in the temple. It is entered into jointly as husband and wife. It is the main purpose. Its main purpose is to empower the couple to receive exaltation and godhood. Without entering into this order, one cannot enter into the highest degree of the celestial kingdom. So, talking about the need for both men and women in the See, priesthood. That, you're right. That did end up being a kind of a good article, but I would not have clicked on it because I hate titles like that. Four ways more. Here's get the why priesthood. you suck. This episode nourish and strengthen your body? I'm feeling strong. Nice. Still it, recovering from... Well, if you're not healthy enough to listen this week, okay. I hope that you'll be healthy enough to listen next week. And I yeah. hope I'll be able to travel home in safety. Well, now that the time has come. Yeah. In the meantime, I'll be saving a seat for everyone. On the back row of, of the, the cultural, cultural Hall. Save me a seat. It's sure to be neat. On the back row. We really gotta go on the Cultural Hall show.